Now is the time. Buckle up, everybody. Grab your carpet square. Get down. Pull the speaker stereo to your ears. We're going to go all through the gameplay impressions from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tunes for Spooky Pinball. I just played them for three solid hours. I got my views and reviews for you right now. I am so very excited to be joining you here. Let's call this episode number 87 of this year of Don's Pinball Podcast. I had the great pleasure and and, and the respect uh, respectable uh, extension of the olive-branched hand to me from the Spooky Pinball folks. Uh, today, if not 48 hours after the reveal, not 24 hours after the order gates opened for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tunes from Spooky Pinball, they invited me down to their headquarters to go and play these games. These games just got unveiled and been put on for sale yesterday and have already had a chance to play them, and I'm here to give you my first gameplay impressions. So the day played out uh, by me getting off of a night shift, uh, driving three hours down to Benton, Wisconsin, and then I was able to get in there, and, and I hung out for about three hours on the factory floor with these two games with Spooky Luke, uh, Corwin, Bug Emery, and Morgan. And, and very gracious they were for hosting uh, myself and Monica. Uh, we went down there. I got to play these games. I, can, I can't. I'm so excited. I don't even know where to start here, man. My, my brain is scattered from everything that I have to absorb you know, this whole time. But I'm going to get to it. And uh, I'm going to start off by saying these games are good, man. These games shoot these can shoot fantastically. There's no bricking of shots here. Uh, Spooky Pinball has continued to level up with every release that they have done. I'm going to get more into the details of that uh, later, but I can just say right off the bat, I had a freaking blast playing these games. Now, I think the secret that I've, I've been into what they do, I like the innovative approach they take to games. Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle looks amazing, right? Upper play fields, lots of scopes and everything. I like it. Um, the shots, however, aren't the most forgiving, right? There's posts there that will reject, you know, and it's hard to dial in those shots, um, you know, but uh, as they've gone on, uh, they've incorporated a lot of the feedback that they've gotten and they've continuously improved. Um, one of their most recent releases, Halloween, that was one of the ones that I had. I love the theme, a very uh, moody, atmospheric, you know, game. Um, but while it did have a good orbit shot and I love the upper play fields and how they terraced upon each other, it didn't quite have that flow that you get with certain other games. And that was something that people were asking for. And listen to you, they did. That was my little, my little Yoda segue. Um, so this was hard to convey just, you know, looking at the, the sizzle reel trailer that came out and then even through the featurette, but these have being able to stand there over this game and, and play, you know, 10 to 15 games on each today between myself, between Monica, between watching bug blow it up, um, between watching spooky Luke catch up. I'm kidding, brother. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it was great getting a sense for these shots. So since these games both share a layout, uh, you know, there was a sense on, okay, so, you know, if the layout is, is playable, um, you know, which one do I want? Cause you know, there'd be no way to get both of them obviously. Right. Well, they took this approach of having a separate team code, each different game. So there's someone different on the art or something different on the rules, someone different on the, 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 lights and inserts and everything the inserts actually don't match either uh between one and the other so these do play 
which was somewhat surprising to me. I wasn't expecting this. They play like two completely separate games, like even like layout aside, to the point that I think that if you went to an arcade that had both of these games, and one game was over on the one side and the other one was over on the other, and you were just kind of going around casually and you happened to play both of them, um, most people may not even pick up that the layout is actually identical with regards to uh, the layout of the ramps and the wire forms and the targets and things. So how do I how do I how do I encapsulate the experience that I had today there with you guys? Um, I've already said that 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 I'm a fan of this layout. Let's let's go over it. Uh, what makes this layout so good? So um, the shots do fan out uh, left to right, but this isn't a fan layout. There there's ramps in the foreground. There's ramps in the background. The basics of this are it's a four flipper game. Four full-size flippers, two on the right, two on the left, two uppers, two lowers, um, and there's four ramps. Two ramps right and left that are a little bit lower, and two ramps that are left and right a little bit upper. Uh, there's orbits in between each ramp, and there is a, a habit trail wire form coming from each one. And then there is a center uh, scoop in the back that feeds a subway. And underneath the uh, lower left ramp, there's a drop target with another scoop under there. And that communicates with the subway system, and it, it all exits uh, via a VUC that shoots into the left orbit. Now, the thing that's interesting, and here's where like the secret sauce came in with this game as far as the layout, each one of these shots, and this was mentioned in the featurette, uh, they feed a flipper. They set up another shot. They, they, they allow you to continue comboing these ramps. And in fact, there's multiple shots even from the upper flippers, you know, uh, as opposed to, say, a recent release like uh, 007, where that uh, left upper flipper on the cornerstone version of uh, Bond you know, you try to you know shoot over and get that henchman ramp. Um, sometimes you can shoot up and hit the uh, the tank target, but there's not a whole lot else that's quite really going on there. Um, but here, you can you can repeatedly hit ramps, and not only when you hit the ramp, it also sets it back up. Whether it's going down to the lower flippers or feeding back to the upper flippers or feeding into an orbit, man, this thing is is the flowiest monster I've seen from Spooky Pinball, bar none. Um, this is you know, like an evolution of their code. Moreover than that, and this was pointed out to me uh, while I was playing today by Bug, a lot of the stand-up targets that they have where maybe in the past, if you were to hit these dead on, they would tend to send the ball straight down to the flippers, maybe kind of towards the middle or maybe brick or break the momentum. Uh, these are angled and engineered in such a way that they seem to feed more into the gameplay elements um, than just, you know, heading back down the flippers or something. So uh, that's something I noticed, you know. I'm still learning the shots in this game, of course. I've only played it, you know, less than a dozen times on each one. Uh, but um, even when I didn't make it up a ramp, like the, the, the ball would still be recoverable, which was nice. Um, you know, at first this game played a uh, game. I'm just referring to the layout in general, um, played a, a little bit. On the harder side, I was draining balls at first until I kind of got the hang of how these shots are designed. And then from there, you almost kind of go into uh, almost kind of like a yoga meditation pose mode where you can just uh, just send shots all around. And then the game was really open up. Um, Bug was, of course, demonstrating this much better than I could. But as I went on playing, you know, by game three, game four, five, I really started to kind of get the hang of some of these shots. I can't remember every single shot from these games. I, I've got you know, a dozen plays on each one. Um, but I will say, off of that right upper flipper, there is a sweet sequence shot. So um, there's essentially a you know a, a giant uh, circumferential orbit around the entire back of the playfield, and there's also an inner orbit. It's a little bit tighter, goes around uh, you know between the two ramps on the left, comes out between the two ramps on the right, feeds into that right upper flipper. So off of that right upper flipper, you can feed right into the inner orbit. It'll swing around, and then that. Uh, that 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 kind of scoop area underneath that left lower ramp. This will make sense if you look at the the the, the playfield photo. 
Um, it'll drop down in there, and then that buck will send the ball back into the outer orbit, right back to that flipper, so you can then hit the inner orbit again. And then, you know, in, in Halloween, this is what it reminded me of. There's the, the the butt pretzel shot, I think is what they called it, uh, on the upper, upper play field for Halloween, and Ultraman as well. Uh, when you send the ball through that mini flipper through the spinner, and you keep the flipper raised, if it's going fast enough, it'll travel around, bounce off that flipper, and then do the other, you know, figure eight, the other half of the pretzel there, and then return to the flipper for a repeatable shot. This is one that spans the entirety of the play field. Uh, so once you get into this uh, system here, uh, the ball will vuck around the main orbit, come to the right upper flipper. You can send it through the inner orbit, um, and then from there it careens directly into that scoop, back to the vuck, and then comes back shooting around the orbit again. And you can do this three, four times, building up combos and things. Um, if you don't quite get it, you can send it into the vuck itself from the uh, flipper, or you can send it into one of the ramps where it'll feed back. Like the whole thing feeds back on itself. It's, it's, it's a very uh, magical setup that they have. Um, but that's not all of the mechanisms that are in this game as far as you know gameplay-wise. Uh, the center door there that you see, uh, it, it's an Acme crate on Looney Tunes, and it's the, uh, the, the meat locker freezer door uh, on TCM. There is actually a magnet right in front of there, and they did show a bit of this in the trailer. Um, but the magnet will grab the ball there, and then it does this cool thing, just like Shadow, uh, where the ball would lock up onto the upper right of the playfield there. Um, the, the ball will then, after locking onto the magnet, will drop down, the magnet will fire, and then fling the ball straight through into that scoop. And that is the way that you start modes um, in the games. Uh, it's a way that you score um, uh, cash-out jackpots. Um, and in the case of... Uh, Turner Classic Movies, <laughs> TCM, um, <laughs> it's actually uh, uh, functions as a way to start one of the multi-balls. Similar to how uh, you know, the, the ball would get stuck on the magnet in front of Herman Munster with the sterns of the Munsters, and then you can hit that ball with a hurry-up to initiate a two-ball multi-ball. That is here on TCM. Okay, let's, let's break down each game. They both play very differently. This would be the weirdest double feature movie that you would go to. Yes, you're watching a movie, but the themes couldn't be more different. Uh, I'll start with Looney Tunes because that's the game that I played the first. Um, I think this is the game that would have the most broad basing appeal as far as, you know, if you want to put this in your pizza parlor and you don't want to scare the little children, uh, this would be the one to play. How do I review this layout? Um, all I can say is that uh, let's talk about how, how the gameplay is integrated. Now, um, the code is still a, a little bit early, and actually, while I was there for the three hours, there was actually a code update that came through for TCM, and then they were able to update it. So they're working in real time here. Um, I was able to get a good sense on the code. The uh, Mode-wise, as this is a mode-driven game, I think there were about six different cartoon episodes that were in there. The gist of the story of Looney Tunes is that you're in the Acme factory, Taz has torn it up, and uh, Bugs and Daffy are trying to assemble the old uh, the, the, the movie film canisters from the different episodes. And, and as you start each mode... They enter into a movie theater, and then they're watching the cartoon. The cartoon plays out through the rest of the mode, and each mode plays a little different. I didn't. I need to play this a lot more to get a sense on exactly what the goals of each mode are, but it was fun to play it. Uh, the code still being a little rudimentary. Um, there are some uh, like audio assets that are dropped out. They're not in there yet. Um, or there's a couple of little vocal fillers that were placed in, like, you know, the final cut is not in there yet, but something, some other soundbite was put in, and and oftentimes they were quite hilarious, uh, which, which I did enjoy. Um, but the in a sense, the game plays uh, mode-based, 
right? You, you shoot a couple of white shots just like uh, Scooby-Doo, and then you can enter into the scoop, and then that will start your mode, and your modes all have different ways of playing them. You're trying to collect them all or what have you. Uh, there's also a few ways to lock balls, um, one of which is in that, uh, in this case, not the meat grinder, but the Acme Rocket auger screw, that worm drive screw that's on the left. Um, I, I don't think I finally got a sense on how that's actually activated, whether it's through stand-up targets or whatnot, but there is a diverter that pops up into the leftward wire form, and that feeds into there. You can see that in the trailer. Um, the balls fall down there into uh, the VUX system and then shoot back out, in this case, out the uh, lower left scoop that's underneath that mechanism. Uh, but that is a fun mechanism there. Um, I, I think once I understand what the sequence of what I have to do to activate it, it'll be even more fun. But it is cool to shoot that ramp. It's very hittable. It's very findable, that left lower ramp. Ramp and it 180s right into that mechanism, that diverter will send it to the rocket. And it seemed like every time it happened, it was a fun little surprise that I get to see the ball in there as it's crawling forward. Um, there's some integrative things that are done with that auger screw, though. So it doesn't just dump into there and meat grind its way through the rocket or the meat grinder with TCM. Um, it could actually be held there, and then you can, another ball could feed you. And then uh, while that ball is locked in there, you can shoot for extra points, and then slowly it'll make its way out and then go into a you know, multi-ball situation and such. Um, the sense that I got from both of these games, I'll talk about the code probably, you know, at the end is the code is fairly deep. Um, and, and that's what I liked. Uh, let me uh, finish off with, uh, Looney Tunes by saying like, how does this game feel? Uh, cause that's one thing that people have been, you know, concerned about. Like, does it feel like a solid game? You know, all Sterns seem to feel the same. Uh, JJPs, they have floaty flippers essentially, but they feel pretty solid. Dutch pinball makes games. Well, made one game that is solid as a rock. And this thing felt solid as well. So I would say uh, the, the the gloss on the play field is absolutely top-notch. They're doing everything in-house now. They have control of everything. They're not farming things out and then having them come in. They're printing the play fields. They're clear-coding the play fields. Um, they're, they're lighting with their own graphic uh, LED boards. Um, they've got their own boards that are running this now, and they're, they're leveling up as they go through this process. Um, but when I stepped up to the game, uh, because of how the LEDs were shining through there, it almost looked like when you step up to uh, American Pinball's Hot Wheels. And so I, I want to say that it kind of feels as solid as Hot Wheels does. The flippers feel very responsive, and the game shoots very well. Where this is a departure from Hot Wheels is this game does things that are very interesting. And that's one thing that's missing you know, from Hot Wheels. You know, Hot Wheels has good shots, and it's a uh, you know, robustly built game. I haven't heard of any issues on location because of how you know, solid it's, it's built. The, the shots that are there are easy to hit. They're just not very interesting, right? And, and then you, know, you, don't, you have a little Hot Wheel car on a wire that spins around a circle. I guess, you know, interesting. So if you were to take a game that was built solid like that with that type of, um, you know, kind of graphic feedback with the the inserts lighting up and running through the different LEDs, um, but put in mechanistically interesting mechanisms and uh, load it with ramps that are throwing the balls all over the place that are repeatable with much more flow, that's what this game felt like. All on the background of a game that's playing classic Looney Tunes cartoons. Um and uh, what I'm, from what I'm told, the game is going to play somewhat like a Rick and Morty, where as you start the modes, they'll kind of randomly be assigned to you. So that's fun. Um, Duck Dodgers was present. Uh, um, the, what's the one where um, you know, Rabbit Season, Duck Season was in there. Uh, Daffy Duck Robin Hood was in there. Um, uh, Tweety Bird, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Opera Singer. There was a lot. There was a lot that were in there. Um, some characters that may be missing or really any any that could be uh, considered as uh, you know, kind of racist, racial stereotypes, you may not find them in there. But 
uh, I, I wasn't, you know, wanting for a character that wasn't there. Uh, the other locking mechanism in the back of the play field, this is what was sent out to all of us content folks. Well, three out of four of us anyway. Um, you know, Jason Knapp got the back of the play field. I got the, the ball lock hole mechanism. And then uh, Kerry Hardy actually got the diverter that's back there. So I think this is controllable in-game. I didn't quite get my head wrapped around that. And maybe the code hasn't progressed to a point where it's 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 obvious to me yet. Um, but there's a ball diverter there. There's four holes in that little upper area. It's on, I don't know if you can call it an upper play field. It's more of just like a lock mechanism uh, in the back of the play field. Uh, but this diverter can move down through one of four positions. Uh, balls lock up in there. This was interesting. This was I do want to talk about this mechanism uh, real quick. So there is the uh, Newton ball that sits adjacent to the right lower ramp. Again, this is going to make a lot more sense if you can pull up a picture of the play field and look at it. Uh, but as you hit this Newton ball, it will uh, work its way qualifying up uh, these numbered inserts, one through five, five being you know ball lock. Once you get the whole thing qualified, then the ball lock mechanism is ready for this mechanism in the back of the play field. The way that you enter this is, is great. You have to enter from the rightward orbit, and as you do, you roll over a switch, and there's a diverter, which is essentially that back corner, the back right corner of the orbit, that pops up quickly and allows the ball to go back into a VUC and then lock into that system. And then the whole system can shift and then release the balls. When it's time for multi-ball, they all feed into um, a, a habit trail, which then dumps into the orbit, and then down they come through the spinner. Uh, so that's that mechanism. I'll have to play it a lot more to get you know more of a sense on exactly you know how it's triggered when it's done but i'm told that these multi balls are stackable with other modes too so that's where the strategy is going to come in as you play this game qualify the modes qualify the locks build up those locks start that mode and start that multi ball and then go nuts right um so uh so that was uh, the code that was my experience playing looney tunes let's go over to tcm um now i watched the featurette and that really kind of painted this game um, as a, a dark, brutal, uh, disgusting, uh, gore-ridden, horror, horror masterpiece of a pinball machine. This is, I believe, I think they're correct saying that this is the greatest horror-themed pinball machine ever made. Um, but it's not quite as like disgustingly uh, brutal in its brutality and, and, and gore as I was somewhat led to believe just watching the featurette. Um, yeah, they, they didn't spare anything. They didn't hold anything back from the film. The film assets are there. This game is pretty creepy. And when I went from playing you know one or two games of Looney Tunes over to TCM, like I was a little bit like uneasy playing it just because it's got that vibe, man. It's very strong, very much. There's a world under this glass that you would not want to actually be in, but it is fun to play around down in there. Um, but when you're playing the game, you're, you're shooting shots, you're shooting the ramps, you're marveling at the, the powder coat of the wire forms, uh, you're trying to qualify the modes, you're listening to the music, and you're not so much paying attention to whatever's being depicted on the screen. So um, I did hear from some people that were a little bit uh, standoffish uh, when they heard about, you know, the, kind of like the graphic representation of, of the, the true-to-form uh, art from the movie that was incorporated into the game. I will say that's probably not as brutal as you're maybe thinking, um, but for any fan of the, the franchise or fan in horror in general, this absolutely is fantastic. Um, you know, it, it parts of it do feel like Walking Dead as far as, you know, the blood spattered on, on the, uh, the the mechanisms that are in there. Um, you know, I said I, I kind of got like a Rob Zombie vibe initially just from the featurette, but not necessarily when I was playing it. 
this game is packed, of course, it shares the same layout, so the same ramps, the same uh, uh, mechanistic uh, interactions with the baller there, uh, but there's different uh, sculpts and other uh, you know character kind of interactions. You know, you've got Leatherface down there spinning around in the back, um, but the thing to remember here is that it was a separate coding team that worked on this. So some of the ways that the mechanisms like the magnet are integrated in TCM are different than what you're going to find on Looney Tunes. The One of the skill shots that was activated with the action button uh, on Looney Tunes is not in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It has a totally different novel system for doing skill shots. Now, both of these games do use a launch button. So the skill shots are done largely by timing, um, either watching the lit inserts and hitting the button to get to the insert of choice, you know, um, which is generally the middle one. Uh, where TCM is different is if you hold the launch button, it actually brings up a chainsaw that starts revving up and down, uh, corresponding to different strengths of that auto fire. And so that will kind of... It took me a little bit to understand this, but as you watch the screen, you can see the inserts going up and down to the three positions of the skill shot. And when you find the one you want, you hold the button down and then, you know, wait and see, you know, how much power you want to put through that. If you full power it, generally you're going to probably hit that middle one. Uh, if you go a little bit weaker, you can hit the lower one. Each one had a different point value, so that was fun. Uh, there was also some secret skill shots in here too, I believe, and I didn't quite get how to achieve those, but perhaps they're done by holding a button when you shoot or, or some other mechanism. Um, regardless, uh, they were both fun and interesting, but that's just an example of how these two games with the same, you know, launch mechanisms are implemented differently due to the fact that a different team worked with it. So it wasn't like, you know, that they've kind of like copy pasted the code from both of them, kind of like how I feel that, uh, you know, playing Halloween and Ultraman are these do departure quite a bit. Um, uh, mechanisms, there's under flipper shots on both games. Um, and they both, uh, operate things a little bit differently. The ice box with the, the, the girl, I think it's Pam that's stuck in there on the right side that pops up. That is creepy AF. I love that. I giggled every time that happened. That was, that was, that was quite interesting for me. Um, the sound effects of like, uh, you know, the, the slamming meat locker door or, you know, shooting up through there were different from Looney Tunes, even though it's ostensibly like the same layout type of shot. Um, it, it, it's just that these games have such different feels to them. Um, the, the meat grinder, man, that that's just brutal watching the balls go up there and fall into that auger and just grind through there, you know, with, with the, the picture of a bloody finger, severed finger on top of the grill, just chef's kiss, man, that, you know, that was great. Um, the uh, locking system works similarly, uh, but the, the implementation in the code is a little bit different. Um, but, you know, you hit the Newton ball, build up the, the, the numbers, the inserts, and then all of a sudden you'll get the, the lock is lit, and then you can shoot up there and lock balls up. Uh, they can drop. It's also, I've heard, stackable with the modes. I didn't get a whole lot of experience with that because I was just having fun, honestly, playing these repeatable shots that they have. Um, the same... Um, right upper flipper loop to the the inner inner orbit outer orbit and then auto firing right into the makeshift scoop that goes into the vuck and then back into the orbit that was fun man i i was having fun giggling to myself every time i did that as i was playing more and more you know i got the game seven eight nine i started to get the hang and the feel of that and kind of that's what the guys were telling me now they've they've known about this game for years they've been they've been working on it uh, they know every nuance in it you know so it's a second language to them for me, like three days ago, I didn't know these games existed. Two days ago, I knew what the themes were. One day ago, I knew what the, the featurette kind of features of it are. And then all of a sudden, it's in front of me. And, you know, uh, 
uh, Corwin Bug, bless his heart, he's taken me through, you know, levels and levels of code, um, trying to explain like, you know, this shot and this shot and this shot will qualify this. And then you hit this. And then when you're in this mode, here's what's going on. And like my brain is spinning trying to process this because I'm still trying to get around, you know, where does this ramp go? Where does this ramp go? Why does that ramp go over there? How did that happen? You know, so it's the kind of thing that I have to play it more and more until that'll start to sink in. But that takes me to the code for these games. The, the code is 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 deep here. It, this isn't just, you know, hit hit two, three targets, you know, start a battle with a character, and then, you know, there's eight characters to battle, and you go through them all. You know, um, this is much, much deeper than that. I even got to see a few of the, the mini wizard modes uh, that we're starting. Um, when you're playing Looney Tunes, I'm not sure exactly what character you're playing other than you're just playing in the world of the Looney Tunes and having fun with the cartoon characters and watching the cartoons and giggling along with the jokes and some of the call-outs, which do have some, you know, a little nuanced adult humor hidden in there that'll fly right over the head of most impressionable youngsters, but make the adults giggle a bit. Um, whereas over in, uh, in, in TCM, you're playing as a character, one of the characters of the family. Uh, so it's kind of fun how it starts out. You know, you shoot white shots. Uh, and this is how this game is a departure in tone. You know, you shoot the white shots and then it qualifies a mode. You know, maybe the mode is that you're you're in the shop and you're trying to get the uh, the the human character victims to like buy things and you're racking up some money. Um, but all the time when you're in that, I believe that this was the shop mode. Uh, there's like this uh, kind of honky tonk jukebox song that's playing in the background, and it's so like unsettlingly creepy as it's playing, and it's it's absolutely perfect, like something that would play on a forgotten jukebox in, in a dusty butcher shop on the side of some random no-name road in the middle of rural texas that's where you would hear that and then stacked on top of that was then call outs and sound effects and things but all sprinkled on top of the background of just this really creepy kind of old country western honky-tonk music man punctuated by chainsaw noises man the thing was the thing was great to play this and uh, we were in a quiet environment. We got the lights down low, and then it's just you know absorbed into this world. I'm looking at the play field right now, and I just I, I want to get back there and play it some more. What else can I tell you about this game? Um, you know, we did uh, take the glass off of uh, TCM just so he could show me through some of the cool modes. Um, there's one in which you're you're playing as the grandfather character, which you know, drains blood uh, from victims, and as you're playing that mode, every insert on the game is blood red. Right. And then as you're playing, every switch you hit is draining the blood from your victim. And as you're doing that, the color is fading from the top of the play field towards the bottom. As you do that, you want to keep your shots in that red area. You don't want to shoot up at the back of the play field anymore because you'll you'll get penalized for that. And so you have like less and less areas to work with hitting switches as you're as you're working through draining all your blood from your victim. And then when you finally drain it, you hit the scoop at the top and that's how you cash out your multiple. Like that was the, the innovation that's here that's driven with code and that has nothing to do with the mechanisms it was was great and and there's a lot of that there's a lot of that's not even in here yet um and we do know with spooky that even going back to um ultraman right now they're still putting out code updates we're still getting tons of code updates for halloween we're getting code updates for scooby-doo so this game and looney tunes are going to be supported clear out into the future um so the uh any concerns you had the the codes of these games are deep the the shots of this game are great uh i'm not bricking shots now i'm I'm still you know not a great pinball player so there are instances where i'm you know losing balls down the middle that happens but it didn't feel unfair and as i played more and got more uh familiar with where the shots were feeding into i was able to grab them with upper flippers and really keep it going um to the point that i actually put up a, a number one place score on on tcm 
when, when I was there. Now, I'm sure they've reset that a few times and done code updates, but it felt good for me to get a nice 50 million point score up there, especially in front of the guys that designed the dang game. So, um, all thanks to the spooky crew. These guys are these guys are magnificent wizards, and this game impressed upon me that they've really leveled up, um, and, and and the shots feel interesting. What else can I say about this? There's so much like running through my head. I'm trying to get it all out. Um, but yeah, I was down there for for three hours. Um, I put about ten to fifteen games um, on each one while I was there. And, uh, you know, we took the glass off so he could kind of show me the modes uh, and, and how things are working. Um, they still have, you know, a few code things to, to work out, but, I mean, they're doing it right now. Uh, practical purpose things. Uh, this game is in production now. They've started production on this game. Um, we are still waiting for live streams for final license or approval, I believe it is. TCM should be coming soon. Um, with Looney Tunes, we're probably going to have to wait until the, the Council of Elders reconvenes after the holidays to give them final approval till we can see that. When are we going to see games in boxes? Not before January, uh, for sure. January into February, probably. They said they're going to take their time with the first ones getting them out. Uh, the first one have already been announced for locations. IOR Canaan Madison will be getting one of the first uh, TCMs. So if you're in the Madison area, that's probably where you can play it first. Um, but otherwise, we should be seeing these things going out. Uh, talking to the guys, they are looking at moving toward a situation where they can have multiple games uh, in their catalog that they can go ahead and run simultaneously. Um, you know, when I was talking to other manufacturers, uh, they run into problems when they have to you know, kind of pivot and retool an entire uh, assembly line to switch from one title to another. Uh, Spooky Pinball does everything in-house. They manufacture their side armors, they print their decals, they print their play fields, uh, their cabinets are built off-site, but then is assembled on-site and finished. So they can um, pivot to different games at the same time. They've been concurrently uh, making uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation in concert with Scooby-Doo, and so going forward, that is something that they would like to do. So it sounds like well, as they're finishing up the final Scoobies, these are in production as well currently. So we're looking forward to that, especially as we go into the new year. Um, they like to pick uh, licenses that are going to be um, the best game of the year is what they're shooting for. Uh, you know, they don't want to come out with the fifth best game of the year. They want to come out with something. If they're putting their their work and their team behind it, they want to try to get something you know magnificent. And part of that is they want to get not only the license that we ask for, but also all the assets to put in there. Uh, assets for TCM include the entirety of the movie, from what they're telling me. I didn't see anything that was pulled or held back from this at all. Um, for Looney Tunes, they got full cartoon assets, so uh, you'll be able to see not just clips or not just uh, animations pulled from you know the, the characters and then redone, similar to how Halloween was. Uh, you, the animations are the actual cartoons. Um, when I got into a mode, I would giggle to myself and just say cartoon time and then i would try to trap up a ball so i could watch the cartoon because they were they were great um so it you know it's always hard to put a deposit down on a game if you haven't played it i've played these and i can say i have got uh, an order for for both of them what can i say that that's what I did. i'm getting both of these I like them both. My wife is loving Looney Tunes. I really, really like Looney Tunes. I do like TCM slightly more, but we're both satisfied with both of these. And they both play different enough that I think I could actually have both of them. And I, I, I think they talked me into it. I think they sold me when I got to play it. But either way, you'll get a, a, a great shooting game. That shot of the, um, the, the, the inner orbit to the, um, the scoop, to the Vuck, to the outer orbit, back to the inner orbit again. like. 
that was as good as any shot on Foo Fighters as far as flow, repeatability, being able to send it up into the other ramps, other wire forms. Uh, the, the leftward, uh, lower wire form uh, comes down into a 180, similar to how the right wire form on Labyrinth does. So, like, you know, the ball's coming down, it scoots back around up, drops out, and it's just flow time again, man. Where do you want to send that ball? Send it around. I found these orbits much easier to hit than the ones on Halloween, which was one of my things I didn't like about Halloween was it was hard to finish some of those modes because of how tight, particularly that right orbit was. I didn't run into that on this, and the right orbit is how you lock the shots into that upper field at the back, so that was fantastic. I feel like I just ran through all like all the thoughts in my mind from this game. I just played these. I just drove home, just had dinner, and I've been up all night. So, um, you know, if it seemed a little bit scattered, it may be because of that. As more time goes on, more will sink in, and I'll be able to kind of give more of a nuanced feedback. And going over the next, uh, you know, four to six weeks, we'll start to see these games on location. More people will be able to play them, and we'll get some streaming footage, so we'll be able to make more of a decision. But from what the guys are telling me, uh, sales are already brisk on both of these games, even in the market that we are on. Um, and they are still supporting all the other games uh, that they have. So I'm happy to support these guys however I can. Thank you so much for letting me come down to your factory and play your brand new games that you just drug out. Um, you know, I was able to share into that enthusiasm. These are fun. I want to play them again. I want to play them right now. I wanted to put Looney Tunes in my car and drive it home. That's how fun it was. Um, I, I did like uh, all four of these ramps. Um, and uh, for their collector's edition, which they've dropped the price, about $80, uh, the collector's edition includes a, a ton of things. Uh, the the, the powder-coated armor that they're they're putting in here. They powder-coated the coin door, uh, the speaker panel. The speaker panel has one of those um, you know magnetic uh, uh, graphics on it as well now. Um, they, they, they cut the speaker grills into custom shapes. Um, you know, Looney Tunes characters for Looney Tunes, State of Texas outline for T. CM. The Texas folks are going to love that. They've direct printed on the back glasses. So these aren't translate. These are back glasses are direct printed. Um, yeah, the decals around the, 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 the periphery of the game are blades inside of it. Uh, what else? They powder coated the, the habit trails, wire forms in the game and the ramps causing them to run a little bit smoother from what they're telling me from their testing, you know, less clunk because they're not the, the, the polished stainless steel. Uh, they are actually powder coated and a little bit slicker. Um, God, what else? All the assets that are in here, um, lighted buttons, the, the whole bit, uh, there's a magnetic, uh, accoutrement embellishments for the lockdown bar for the action button and on the coin door um, for operators they said that they can do a decal form if they're worried about people pulling off the magnets so i mean you're getting a complete package uh shaker motors uh knockers um you know everything that you would seem to want to add to a game is already in here at that ce level so check it out Check them out. Um, get to play one. Uh, I'm sure these will be showing up uh, at TPF for sure. So that may be most folks next time to really kind of mass market, get their hands on these games. Um, but anybody that's looking at this and thinks, you know, this looks like a game for me, I just uh, I just need a first-hand knowledge. I can tell you that it shoots well. It's not, not breaking shots. Uh, the gameplay was interesting. The code was deep. If that speaks to you, um, I, I think you could go ahead and order one of these with confidence. If you want to wait and play it and see if I'm right, that's fine too. Go check it out. But I think we're going to see more gameplay in the few weeks. I just wanted to get this out. My first impressions. I can't believe. I still think it. I can't believe I played Looney Tunes. Uh, I played TCM. They both come with toppers too. Uh, I'll share some photos and things on the Facebook page. Um, but let me know your thoughts. Let me know your questions. Uh, I'll try to do a live stream maybe later tonight. Uh, we can do some more interactions if you have any other questions that have come up. So check that. Make sure you're following the Facebook page at Don Pinball Podcast because that's where you will get notified that a live stream has decided to pop up. Jump on the Patreon. I just shared a bunch of images from today on there. It's $5 a month. Join for one month and just try it out. You 
you know, and then you can cancel it. No problem. But if, if, if you want some more and that's interested in you, uh, there you go. Otherwise, email me at donspinballpodcast at gmail.com and I will totally get back to you. My God, I can't believe I got to play the two brand new games the day after they were released. Oh, my God. Big Daddy Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com to get back at me. Order t-shirts. Ask me for stickers. I'm doing giveaways all the time, man. Follow that Facebook page, dude. We're building up an awesome community. Thank you so much, Spooky Pinball. Happy to come down and help out wherever I can. I want to play these games some more. I want to play TCM some more. I want to frighten myself in my basement. Check them out. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>